Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The words for our meditation are based on the temptation of Jesus Christ from Luke chapter 4, reading at verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil left led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. So what do we learn from the temptation of Jesus Christ? Well, last Sunday, Sunday, Peter, who witnessed the transfiguration of our Lord, told us that we have something even more certain than what he witnessed and saw with his very own eyes. We have, he said, the prophetic word. We have the Bible, and so God is teaching us. He is strengthening us. He's encouraging us and equipping us. He is empowering us to be the people he created us to be, faithful, loving, serving, strong, caring, confident people through his word. And so today, we open up the word of God to receive a word from God. And two things I want you to know. This book gives you a supernatural worldview. It assumes that in addition to what you and I see all around us, there is an unseen realm. In addition to the physical, there is the spiritual. Behind the world that we see, there is another world that God sees. And those two worlds impact and influence one another. The second thing, this book tells us about spiritual warfare that there really is a battle raging. And we can certainly see it in our world today because people are suffering and people are addicted and people are conflicted and people are pleading and people are weeping and people are dying and this world seems to be under a curse. This world has no hope. It has no hope because it has rejected the God of hope, the God who created it. So as we open our Bibles, we learn that all of our problems are a result of a great conflict between God and Satan. 
It means that the struggles and the temptations and the troubles and the trials that you and I have, they are all part of a much bigger battle. There is one God who made everything, and then there is the devil who wants to make everything bad. He does this by tempting us to disobey God. The devil tempted our first parents and they caved. And as a result, they got kicked out of the paradise of God and into the wilderness. And today's Bible lesson from Luke 4 picks up the story in the wilderness. But this time there's another representative of the human race. Jesus is there, and the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam or the last Adam. And the outcome is completely different. And what this teaches us is that where we all fail, Jesus succeeds. Jesus has the power to defeat the devil. This gives us incredible hope for ourselves, for our lives, and for our future. We're just going to look at the first verse in this part of the message. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. So, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he returns from the Jordan where he was just baptized by the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Now notice the pattern. Filled, led, and then victory. Fill, led, and then victory. So you need to be filled by the Holy Spirit and then led by the Holy Spirit if you want to see victory like Jesus does. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. Now the devil is not all present, nor all powerful, nor all knowing like God. Remember that. Satan visits Jesus. Satan doesn't visit you and I. But he will certainly send demons or spirits, if you will, and they can come in the form of false beliefs or false ideas or half-truths, you name it. Forty days in the wilderness. How much did Jesus eat? Nothing. How many of you could last that long? After 40 minutes, my stomach is starting to growl. Forty days. And when they were ended... He was hungry. First point I want to make. Sometimes agony comes after glory. Sometimes we think that as soon as I get through this tough season, I get to the other side of this tough season, as soon as I get to the, the good times, then there will be momentum and then there will be peace and there will be glory. Everything will be good. No. No. Because then there will be opposition. As soon as Jesus was baptized, publicly unveiled as God's chosen, this is Jesus' moment of glory. This is a moment of glory, and then 
into the wilderness a moment of agony. And sometimes it is in the blessed seasons that temptations really come. Sometimes it's after you get married that the temptations come. After the honeymoon is over, we say. After the incredible birth of a baby and then reality sets in. After you get the job and then you have that giant learning curve or after you get the promotion, after you come home from the vacation, after the high, sometimes that's when temptation comes. It's not just glory forever. When God gives glory, Satan brings agony. Second point, to walk with God is sometimes to walk into war. Now, some people have been taught that if life is hard, then you must not be in the will of God. That's bogus. Jesus is going into war and he is absolutely filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, into war. When you die, you go to heaven, right? That's true. In the meantime, you walk through a battlefield to get there. It's a war to get to the kingdom. The Bible says we enter the kingdom of heaven through much trial and tribulation. It says in Galatians to keep in step with the spirit well the language there is military like a platoon that's on a hike to walk with jesus is to walk as a soldier as part of an army toward a triumphant kingdom to ultimately enjoy the presence of the king next point there has been a lot of false teaching of what it means to have a spirit-filled life Let me ask you these questions. Is Jesus full of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Is he led by the Holy Spirit? Yes. Does he have prosperity or poverty? Poverty. Does Jesus have trouble or tranquility? Trouble. Happiness or hardship? Hardship. You need to know that sometimes filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit means a life of poverty, trouble, hardship. Now, when you get to heaven, it will be all different. But until you get to heaven, it might be like that. A spirit-filled life can include poverty or prosperity, trouble or tranquility, hardship or happiness. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Next point. The key is to walk in the will of God even if it's into a wilderness. Now, some of you feel you are in a wilderness season of your life right now and things are not going well. You say, I don't have any signs of hope. God, where have I gone wrong? But here Jesus finds himself in the wilderness and he's in the will of God. I'd rather be in God's will in a wilderness than out of God's will in paradise. The key is to walk in God's will for life, good days or bad days, regardless of your circumstances. Next point, and this is the big one I want to dwell on today. Satan likes to hit us when we are hungry, isolated, and tired. Jesus was hungry. 
What this means is that he is at the limits of his humanity. He's had no food. He's probably dehydrated. He's exhausted. Have you ever felt kind of that way? The Bible tells us that Jesus identifies with us completely in our weakness. And this is one of these occasions. Isolated is when you are separated from others. How many of you find yourself in trouble and the temptation becomes more tempting when you're at the limits of your humanity? You're hungry, you're tired, you're thirsty, you're sick, you're injured, or you're isolated. Let's talk about that for a minute. How many of you are parents or grandparents and you've got little kids, you're supposed to be watching them, right? You're working around the house, maybe in the kitchen, and then you know, all of a sudden notice you haven't heard the kids in a little while. You can't hear them play anymore. What do you assume? You assume they're getting into trouble, right? That they are doing something they shouldn't be doing. If I can't see them or hear them, they're probably up to something bad because they're isolated. This is true even when you get a little bit older, right? Think about it. Think back. You go to your friend's house. Your parents aren't around. You're more tempted to get into trouble. This is when you get a driver's license. Oh, freedom. You leave your parents' protection. You can go wherever you want. Nobody sees you. You are more tempted to get into trouble when no one is looking. University student goes off to school away from their parents and joins maybe a fraternity. Oh, they don't have the relational accountability. They, they can get into all kinds of trouble. It can happen with young adults. You move out. You've got your own place. You're, you are more isolated. You can do whatever you want. When you are married, maybe, and you go on a business trip, road trip, you're staying at a hotel, you're no longer near your family, you can be tempted, you're isolated, or you get behind the screen of your computer or your smartphone and you're all alone in your office. You can be tempted. When God said, it's not good that man be alone, that sure has proved to be true. Satan will hit you when you're hungry and isolated. And the key to isolation, and here's the truth, remember you are never alone. If you are a child of God, God has given you his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit goes with you. Jesus is alone, but he is not alone because he remembers the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is with him. You need to know that you are never alone. And the devil hits us when we're tired. When we are just at the end of our rope. How many of you, some of the worst decisions you have ever made was when you were tired? The worst things you ever said, you were tired. The worst things you've ever done, you were tired. And here is what I need you to see. Satan and demons do not share in the limits of our humanity. You and I, because we are finite beings, we have limits. Particularly because of the body that we dwell in, we inhabit a body that gets tired. 
Angels, it says in Revelations, day and night they worship God. They cry out, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, day and night, all the time, 24-7. We worship one hour and we've had enough. You are not made to worship 24 days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Even the most ardent worshipers are going to say, I can't do this anymore. You reach the limits of your humanity. Angels and demons do not. Do angels get sick? No. Do angels get tired? No. Do angels get dehydrated? No. Do they need to stop and have a bite to eat? No. Revelation says that the angels before the throne of God serve him day and night. Serving is tiring, not for the angels. You and I cannot serve day and night. That's why God gives us evenings to sleep and he gives us the day to rest called the Sabbath. We can't work, play, worship all the time. We can't serve all the time, but the angels do. And what is Satan? Satan is a fallen angel. That means he is not limited by humanity as we are. And here's what Revelation says about Satan himself. Satan accuses us day and night. The devil's going to attack you every hour of every day, haunt you with every regret, condemn you for every failure, make sure that the pounding and the beating is constant, and some of you know what that is like because you live a life of torment, oppression, and condemnation. He never gives up and he never gives in. And the goal of the demonic realm is to push us to the very limits of our humanity. Jesus is God. Yet he humbled himself and became fully man, just like you and I. He emptied himself of his divinity. He's at the limits of of his humanity. How does Jesus defeat demonic temptation? At the edge, at the limits of his humanity. We all struggle with something, right? And what I don't want you to do as we talk about temptations is to judge what others are struggling with because you struggle with something that they don't struggle with and they struggle with something that you don't struggle with. So rather than judging one another, Let's encourage one another. Rather than beating one another up, let's build one another up. And let's say we've all got our thing. Jesus here is going to be tempted and he's at the limits of his humanity. How can you, who are a finite being with limited energy, defeat an enemy that has an inexhaustible source of energy? You need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the victory that comes through Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. How many have a car? How many of you have gassed up your car? You fill up that car and then you use all that energy and then you need to fill your car up again. Every child of God has the Holy Spirit. We need to keep coming back to God to be refueled with his energy and his power. Here is what I know. 
Most people have a far greater plan to keep their phone powered, their laptop battery powered, and their car tank filled than they do their soul full of the Holy Spirit. I want you to take better care of your soul than you do your phone. You might say, oh, I would never let my phone die. But you would let your soul starve to death without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit? Drained of all spiritual energy? Some of you won't let your gas tanks get below half in the winter for fear of condensation buildup and fuel issues. So let me ask you, what is the plan to power your soul? Oh, I don't have a plan. When do you refill and refuel the most important part of you? Well, I don't know. I don't have a plan. Then you'll be in trouble when temptation comes. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is very practical. This isn't just saying a simple prayer or singing a little chorus and then we're good. Jesus says the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And there is the hint. You get the spirit by hearing the word of God. Getting into the word of God and getting the word of God into you. Yes, this we do at worship. This is joining with God's people. This is stirring one another up to love and good deeds. This is repenting of sins and anything that would hinder our relationship with God or the flow of God's love and grace to us. It's inviting the presence of God. So it's not just physically going to church. The Bible says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Remember what the Father said at the baptism of Jesus. Listen to him. Remember what the Father said at the transfiguration of Jesus. Listen to him. What we are doing here this morning is not just going to church. It's going to war. And part of what happens when we worship is that we are not only declaring the goodness of God, but we are declaring it against principalities and powers and spirits that are opposed to God. And that's why this job is such a hard job because I'm not just preaching to you and you are empty vessels gladly being filled. There are unseen forces at work here and in the world and in your thoughts that make it very, very hard for you to hear the word of God and be filled with his spirit. The devil doesn't want you to feed your faith. The devil doesn't want you to have the one thing that sends him running, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. There is a war and people are burnt out and frustrated and tired and they're at the end and they can't handle it anymore. They can't do it anymore. They need the power of God, and God freely gives. And here's the really, really good news. This same Jesus, who is the answer to all our problems, who overcame temptation for us, he lived his life, he battled the devil, all for us, whose spirit and power we need, he says, ask, 
and it shall be yours. In Luke eleven thirteen, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You need help? We have a God who knows that. And Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit. That helper, he says, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the word of God, your greatest weapon against the temptation of the devil. If you're going to go up against a supernatural force that has an inexhaustible energy, you must tap into the power and presence of God and live by the external supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus' Spirit. And this, my friends, is very practical. It works like this. You're getting tempted. God, I'm struggling today. I'm tired today. I'm tempted. My mind, I don't like the thoughts I'm having. I'm at the end. And I need to meet with you right now before I do anything, before I say anything. I need to get plugged into your presence and your power. I need to remind myself that you are with me. I need to hear from your word. I need to pray and unburden. I need to surround myself with people who are filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, before I take another step, say another word, think another thought, I need to be filled. And then I can be led. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Filled then led, then victory. There is a pattern. Please know this. God will give you the energy for the journey, whatever it might be. You got to stop and meet with him. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.